Okay. Today is the Uposatha day, the 15th day of the 10th lunar month. It's the 25th of September 2022. And now there's 15 days left until the end of the monastic rains retreat. And so we set our hearts on this training of the mind. Even if we don't have a long time left, that we make effort just as before. We set our hearts on the practice on this Lunar Observance Day, this Uposatha Day. And on this day we practice and train in effort, for instance, to not lie down all night. Or we can set a certain time period, for instance, from 10 p.m. until 3 a.m. we'll do sitting and walking practice. And if we feel sleepy, we can walk around the Chedi or walk around the Uposatha Hall nine times or 18 times or 108 times if we really set our hearts on it. And we do this walking with mindfulness. We don't just walk without mindfulness. And it's also a way to build our parami of determination, our aditana parami. Even if our mind's not peaceful, but we've set our mind to do 108 circumambulations, then we do it, even if it takes up to five hours. So this is setting our heart well, having a firm intent. So normally during the day we might walk for one or two hours, and it's not difficult if we've uh, trained in that or done it before. And so we we practice in this way, and this gives strength to our mind. And this is the way to the end of suffering. And why, why do we do this? What's the reason? Well, it's because if we don't have effort, if we don't cultivate mindfulness, then wisdom doesn't arise. And then we constantly cling, have liking and disliking for the six senses and their objects the eye, the ear, the nose, the tongue, the body, and the mind. We have this liking and attraction for things, being lost in the beauty of oneself or others. And this is the cause to go around in the cycle of birth and death, because all these minds, they're all born into form, and that means that there's liking and attraction for form. And having been born already, then we like the things of this world, we're attracted to the things in the world. We might go to a deva realm or a brahma realm, but then after that we're born into this world again. It's like studying in school. We study various subjects and we can test in those subjects, but this knowledge uh, relating to the Dhamma, this is a very important subject that we can't test uh, in school. We may be able to test and have exams in many different subjects, but this subject of Dhamma, it's something that we have to study to be able to pass the test. Because being born into this world, it's uh, something for us to study and it's also a test as well. 
And so we, may we study well, have mindfulness, to have virtue and samadhi well established, such that we're able to know and see the Dhamma, to realize not clinging. And if there's no strength and there's no energy, then we're stuck in this world, constantly born and dying, born and dying. And if we're really stuck to the things of the world, then we end up going lower than the human state to the realm of the jealous gods or the hungry ghosts or the animals or the hell realm. And the wise have compared this to a bee uh, landing in honey. And one leg gets stuck in the honey, then another leg, then another leg, and another leg, and then its mouth gets stuck. And the bee gets so stuck there that it dies right there. And this is just the same as our minds liking the objects of the six senses. And this means that our minds must go into birth and death, birth and death, birth and death. And having been born, we have to experience pain, difficulty, and it's torturous. We can also compare the drawbacks of this, the drawbacks of liking to a hunter setting a trap to catch a bird. Having caught the bird, and he breaks the bird's legs and breaks its wings so that the bird can't escape, so that the hunter can then cook the bird and eat it. We see that the bird in this situation is very hard for it to escape. Usually the bird wouldn't survive this situation. We see that this is a lot of suffering. It's uh, very torturous like this. And if we don't see the drawbacks, then we have to experience old age, sickness and death, experience suffering. And if we have liking for materiality, then this is how it is. We can also compare it to someone who's traveled a very long distance and they come to a well and that well is poisoned. And someone says that the water in that well is poisoned, but that person's been walking for many days and it's been hot and their throat is very dry. They feel like they're going to die. If they don't get water, they feel like they'll die but they're, they're not yet dead. So they're very thirsty and they need that water. And they drink it and the poison in the water brings them to the edge of death. So it's like this, this liking that we have in our minds. It's a cause for great suffering, great pain to arise. So we're born into these bodies, then they get sick. And some people, when they're 60 years old, they die. Or when they're 65 or 70, they die. And many individuals die before that age as well. Some die when they're not old yet. Like someone 15 years old can get cancer and die. So we see that we don't choose how we'll die or when we'll die. So we should contemplate these bodies that they suffer in, this, in these ways, that they're suffering like this. And if we have any liking for the body or for the things of the world, then we must be born again. We have to go to school again. And if we don't have wisdom, we fail the test. It's like when we're 
a child, we don't want to fail our exams in school. We want to succeed in our studies. So to succeed in this <clears throat> exam, we need to have effort to train and practice. There's 15 days left in the range retreat. And even after the range retreat, having exited the range retreat, we still strive in our practice, set our hearts on the practice, to have restraint in body and speech, to be within the bounds of virtue, to practice modesty, contentment with little, restraint in our minds. So we see that these qualities of liking and disliking that arise in the mind, how do they arise? Well, we have these senses of the eye, the ear, the nose, the tongue, the body, and the mind, and they receive their various objects of sights, sounds, tastes, smells, touch, and mind objects. So these are the internal and external sense spaces. And when they come together, then there's sense contact. And based on that, feeling tone, Vedana, arises. And then craving arises, and then attachment, and suffering, birth, and becoming. So we have mindfulness with this, mindfulness with this uh, craving and attachment. And when this happens, then we teach our mind not to cling. We teach our mind that it's uncertain, it's unstable. And if our mindfulness is firm, then wisdom can arise right there, and we're able to teach the mind. But if the mind isn't calm or peaceful, then the mind won't believe it, it won't believe that it's uncertain, it won't believe that it's unstable. So therefore we need to have mindfulness well established, to establish the mind in the four foundations of mindfulness, the mindfulness of body, mindfulness of feelings, mindfulness of mind, mindfulness of dhammas. We have mindfulness in these four arenas. So when the six senses uh, contact their respective objects, then we know it. We see it in the mind, we keep a watch over the mind with mindfulness. And when this experience arises, then we know it. And whatever moods and formations arise of meritorious type or demeritorious type, we know both merit and demerit as dhammas. There's no being, no person to be found in them. So we see this and we contemplate it. We see that all minds, all, all knowing elements, receive sense impressions and moods. And that these four elements of earth, air, fire, and water degrade and pass away. There's no being to be found there. It's just a knowing element. It's just the quality of ignorance proliferating. And so when we walk the path of sila, samadhi, and panya, and wisdom's able to arise to bring us to freedom from suffering, then the mind becomes pure. But we don't cling to that pure mind as self. Because in truth, there's no self there to be found. No me or mine, you or yours. There's no one who knows. There's just that pure mind, which is not self. And so we let go again right there. And this is Buddha. 
And here we see that the Buddha, Dhamma, and Sangha, it's one thing. It's not separate. If we don't have wisdom, then we see it as separate things. We think that the Buddha was born in India, gave the Dhamma teachings, which are found in books and so on. And then the Sangha, composed of the four elements in the mind, uh, came to know the Dhamma separately. This is because we think in terms of self. But when true knowledge arises in our minds, we see it's not like this. That this Buddha is the one who knows, the awakened one, the joyful mind, because there's no defilements in that mind. So the Sama Sambuddha, the rightly self-awakened Buddha, is the mind of the Buddha that knew for itself. And then the Sawaka Buddhas, the awakened disciples, they know following the Buddha's teachings, they're not separate. And this is the Sawaka Buddha arises from studying the teachings of the Buddha or learning from another Sangha. So we study like this and we see that all minds, all knowing elements, they all want happiness and don't want suffering. So therefore we give forgiveness. We don't cling to anger. We don't wish harm or have ill will. We practice and train like this. Whatever method we're using or whatever location we're practicing in, it all brings us to the same Buddha, this path to Buddha in our own minds. So may you strive and practice a lot, train a lot, do this a lot, cultivate this a lot, have restraint and follow the Padimokkha, the monastic discipline, have discipline in one's livelihood. And we see that monastics rely on the villagers, on the lay people who have faith in the Buddha Dhamma Sangha. So therefore we give back to the laity through our Dhamma practice. And the laity helped to build the buildings of Buddhism, like the Oposada Hall, the monastic dwellings, and the Chedi. We see where does merit arise? Well, if we clean any of these buildings, and that's merit right there. It says merit arising. It says the doing of merit. So may you practice to walk this path of mindfulness and samadhi. For instance, walking 108 times around the Chedi. This is merit. This is a good opportunity we have to make our mindfulness firm, to give rise to samadhi, so that wisdom can arise and one sees clearly that all is not self, and one sees the Dhamma. We develop according to the various levels so may you all set your hearts on this.